I'm Joe Simmons. And I'm Abraham Simmons. And this is Tequila Confidential. On this episode of Tequila Confidential, we're going to talk about Nayarit. That's a state in Mexico. Okay, we started. However, I don't have my headphones on yet. Can't hear what's going on. Ah, there we go. Okay, yeah, so I'm supposed to guess what we're drinking tonight based upon the topic. And well, what's the topic? Let's discuss the topic. Yeah, our topic tonight is Nayarit. And if you don't know what that is, we'll get into it. But we're, it's a region in Mexico. And we'll get into why exactly we're talking about Nayarit shortly. And I'm going to guess, based upon my research, that the tequila that we're drinking tonight is Aman. Imagine that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're talking about tequila, and many of the time when people are talking about tequila, they automatically assume that it's from Jalisco. Yeah, it's a pretty good bet. Yeah, most of the time it is. (laughs) The majority of tequila is from Jalisco. However, there are four other states that are allowed to produce tequila. And one of them something. And and most of the time we say it's only in Jalisco, right? Look for that. But then it turns out maybe not the entire states, but four other places that are in other states that you can make tequila. And tonight we're talking about Nayarit, so we're going to be talking about one of the few tequilas that is on track to be distilled in Nayarit. Okay, so let's see, let's see. When we say you're supposed to make your tequila, there's lots of parts, right? There's growing the agave. Yes. There's processing the agave. Yes. There's distilling which is part of the processing, which yes. is a, a big-ass deal because you have to talk about where you're going to put the, the plant. Then there's bottling too, right? Yeah. But, you, I mean, so what parts are we talking about when we say you're making your tequila in? So most of the time you have that gnome, that four-digit number, and that has to do with the distillery. And in your distillery, uh-huh. they're doing everything from fermentation, well, processing the, the plant once it's picked, uh-huh. to everything else. So... Processing it, chopping it up to the right size, cooking it, fermenting it, and distilling it, and sometimes even bottling it in that place as well. Right. Depending on how you look at it, where it's being distributed and all that sort of stuff that we have access to, that's actually available in the United States. There are no tequila, there are no distilleries in Nayarit. Right. Currently. Current. Aman Tequila is on track to be the first to build there and actually have a distillery. However, there is another brand out there that needs to be named called Real de Ixtlan. And they apparently there is a distillery there and they have a gnome and everything, but you can't find the product anywhere. And the website is very sparse. Yeah, so, Ixtlan, yeah? Yes. Okay. Gnome 1628. Was, so, yeah, I, I got the same thing. I saw uh, Aman. There's a fellow who has been making it who is very proud of being from that region. And you look on his website and you see him standing on a rock and it looks like he's in his uh, family farm in Nayarit. 
Yeah. Um, Young guy. Yeah. And so I, I gather that they're growing their agave there, that they're doing as much as they can there. But when it comes to actually looking on the bottle and figuring out, well, where is the stuff being distilled? Well, that distillery, according to uh, all the sources I can find, says that that's still happening in Jalisco. Yeah. Gnome 1545. And... They're on track, though. They are building their distillery. Who knows how far along they are. All right. So I'm going to stop you right there, and I'm going to say this is way too much information without drinking this tequila. So let's just get to why we're here. Well, yeah. Is this stuff any good? You know, I've been sipping on it a little bit, and I got to say personally, I didn't like it at first, and the more I drink it, the more I like it. You know, that happens with a lot of alcohols. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a- Honestly, it goes well with, uh, I know I'm not supposed to eat spicy food when for my palate when I'm drinking tequila, but it actually pairs nicely with the jalapeno pizza that I made. <laughs> well, there Which, you go. This is something I, I wanted to throw out real quick. If you didn't know this, if you leave jalapeno out for like a couple days, it gets a lot spicier. So this is a f- fresher jalapeno, so it's not too bad. But apparently not everyone knew that. But I cook with jalapeno a lot, and you should know that if you leave that jalapeno out for a while, it's going to get real spicy. Yeah, but my, anyway, my yeah. my thought on that is that that's a completely different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I'm so sorry. Back to the topic at hand. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Nayarit, it's in the nook and cranny of Jalisco. It's mm-hmm. kind of north and kind of west, but uh, it used to be, and it abuts Jalisco. It looks like it's almost being engulfed by Jalisco, which is important because now this is a great segue for us to talk about why it looks like it's being engulfed by Jalisco. Ding, 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 ding. Because it used to be part of Jalisco. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And so does it make sense that you're making agave that has the same flavor profile as the agave being grown in Jalisco? Well, the Mexican government and the CRT would say absolutely. (laughs) There you go. Now, this has a lot of history behind it, and I'm going to skip a few steps because there were so many different governing bodies that popped up trying to establish what is and what isn't tequila. And there were so many times where there were imitations out there, and we're just going to hop into four really important years. Uh So the four really important years, the first one is 1917. What happened then? 1917, Nayarit becomes a state, independent from Jalisco that year. Boom. So we're still not in prohibition. So no. this is going to be like uh, tearing people apart. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So we're actually going to skip prohibition though because it doesn't have a ton to do with <laughs> this particular situation. However, I love prohibition. <laughs> I know. We well, made so many horrible decisions during that period of time. Absolutely. <laughs> How, and something that should be said during that whole period is that there were a lot of imitation tequilas coming out, a lot of things calling themselves tequila that didn't necessarily fit the fa- flavor profile. And we didn't care because we weren't drinking? We Well, <laughs> we didn't care because it wasn't a huge deal to... Well, no one really cared, honestly, except for the tequileros. <laughs> okay. And the people... And there, weren't, there wasn't this kind of niche of tequila drinkers that we have now where it was that very strong community of, uh, you know, demanding that we don't want avocantes and that kind of stuff. Now, it was more the tequileros that wanted to protect the reputation of what is called tequila. Yeah. 
Okay, so I mean, so the story as I know it is that there was all these different mezcals, and then they made this really special mezcal out of blue Weber agave, and they had a very special process for it, and it came out of the town of Tequila, so they called it mezcal de tequila for a while, and people started calling it tequila, 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 until we finally needed to to give it a name and 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 brand it. Exactly, and so there were a lot of other places out there that were making distilled beverages out of either not blue ever agave or they were not they didn't have the same flavor profile because they were doing things differently or in a different place so the terroir was different uh, and the soil was different and the environmental conditions they were making tequila or what they called tequila in places as far away as spain and australia and japan right which is obviously not tequila nowadays (laughs) (laughs) right and that has to do with what year uh, well, we're going to fast forward to 1954, where the CRT was created. Okay. And what did they do? Who are the CRT? They're, they're the Mexican government. Yes. Okay, part of the Mexican government, and they're starting to define what is and what is not tequila. Exactly. All right. And this is where Nayarit comes into the mix, and, you know, there's there's still some fight going on about whether or not it will be considered part of what is tequila. And we fast forward again to 1973, and we go to another uh, tequila maker that at some point we'll have to do an episode on. But it's a one of those old tequila names that's in there that you'll hear pop up every once in a while. But Heredura. Heredura and a lot of other tequileros uh, and a lot of other industry folks want there to be more regulation and put, a, put their foot down on what is and is not tequila. Then in 1974, uh-huh. it is decreed that these the certain CRT. states from the CRT and the Mexican government that okay. these certain states can produce tequila. Okay. Seven of the provinces of Nayarit are part of that. And then fast forward to about 2001, 2000, and it becomes eight provinces. Wow. Yes. Out of how many? I don't know. Oh, I was just looking at that map. I'm not even going to look at it, but it looked like it was at least 15, 16 of them. Okay. Now, what I think thought you were going to say is that when you're not growing agave in Nayarit, there's a bunch of other stuff to do. There's the Riviera Nayarit. (laughs) (laughs) They have some extraordinary diverse, uh, what I would say, fauna, including, I think, a fun kind of leopard or something. I'm going to look that up while we're here. Um, And ocelots and stuff like that. So it's kind of a fun place to go. I'm thinking... Just after I'm done going through Jalisco and tasting all of the mezcal and the uh, tequila that they have there, I'm going to go and get uh, the sotol and the mezcal and the uh, do some sightseeing in Nayarit. You know, it's funny you say sotol, uh, which for those of you who do not know is a kind of mezcal. When I was looking at what to do in Nayarit and you know the kinds of things that people drink, I actually saw a lot of Raisia. Raisia, yeah. yes. Which uh, I, apparently is pretty popular over there. Yeah. So you do what? Do you want to hear some of the... Why are we talking about... Why are we starting with Nayarit? I could tell you that. You want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, because you asked me of the five places where you can make tequila... Um, and we've already done a lot of Jalisco. Yeah. Um, which one do you want to talk about? I said 
Let's start with Nayarit. Well, I'm glad that you did. And I think that it's important to start with Nayarit, actually, when you research these provinces, because it's a large producer of blue Weber agave that ends up being in a lot of the tequila that we drink. Because Nayarit is kind of like a farm state in that in years where you don't have enough blue Weber agave coming out of Jalisco, they supplement it with stuff from Nayarit. So you'll see in years like 2000 to 2004, 2008, the yields of blue Weber agave were down in Jalisco. And so they used a lot more blue Weber agave from Nayarit. I see. And then since you have your distillery within the same place, you can get your agave from anywhere? As long as your distillery is in one of those states... You're good to go. As long as your blue Weber agave is grown in one of those states, you're good to go. Yeah. So there you have it. There's some mixing and matching that you'll find in a lot of different tequilas, and it's not necessarily advertised, but what was the one you were mentioning earlier? Yeah. That's a noble. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots and lots of tequila that, uh, or at least agave that's grown uh, by that particular producer and you know they they boast about having a million plants and a lot of that is in Nayarit so just for reference when you're thinking about how much of this tequila is coming from and how much of this blue weber agave is coming from Nayarit versus Jalisco we're talking about maybe 6 to 9% anywhere in that window depending upon the year and we're talking about in some years the figures that I found said 30,000 plants in Nayarit versus 350 million in Jalisco. So yeah, this is a small a percentage. Small amount. But it's very important to recognize that there are uh, folks that are able to make tequila in other places. And in the case of Nayarit, it has to do with its proximity to Jalisco, but also to economic activity and creating jobs. And that was one of the initial reasons why they decided Nayarit ought to be part of this DO, this designation of origin. Well, you see that? Yeah. All right. Well, does the tequila taste better now? It tastes so much better now that I know so much about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it turns out that although we are going to be Drinking, tasting, and rating Aman tequila, uh, which hails from, in various different sort of strange ways, Nayarit. Yes. We should remember (laughs) that the other thing that you talked about was the great contributions of Herradora. So if you have a bottle of Herradora with you and you're listening to this, go ahead and drink that too. Drink that too. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, now that we've talked about this tequila a little bit, let's rate it. Okay. So we let's start out with the appearance, the appearance of the bottle. Ooh. I absolutely love this shape. I I like but don't love the color scheme and I think that it is just it's it's slick and it's modern. Um I think I like the stark contrast. I love the bottle itself is elegant with the textured uh, glass, yeah, textured the ter- with textured diamonds. ceramic, yeah, yeah, um, diamond shapes, diamond yeah. shapes on it. So you, you know, they don't 
paint the diamonds on or anything. It's just the texture of the bottle. And uh, until you get to just about the top, when it tapers off, uh, all smooth, and then the, the cork has a little gold top on it, I think it's simple and elegant and really nice. Simple and elegant. And I'll also say check out our Instagram because not only am I going to post a photo of this bottle, but I'll also post a photo this week of what our setup looks like because we're today it, it's particularly nice. So I figured let's take a photo, share with people what it looks like when we're actually talking about this stuff. Clinky, clinky. Clinky. Well, Little cheers. Mm. So okay, so let's give it a. I'm not gonna oh, give yeah. it Go ahead. too high. I'm I'm gonna give it a solid point eight. Point eight. Okay. Out of one. Uh, I'm going to give it a point nine. So you've got point eight. I've got point nine. Let's talk about the smell. Mm. Wow, I you know what? I'm going to give your glasses another extra point. Um, I don't know what I pointed <laughs> you, but this is the perfect glass for this tequila. It concentrates the stuff just enough so that when it gets up into my nose and I'm smelling it and I bring it in, um, I really think it's the vessel is half doing half the trick there absolutely i mean just we enough. did that whole episode on vessels yes this we did all part and, of it. and you're uh, oh, just giving you a little pat on the back that's thank all I'm you doing. thank you <laughs> <laughs> i think that this tequila would not be quite what it is without it um so i'm really you know this is out of three right no this is out of one this is out of one yes oh so i don't feel so bad okay i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it another point eight okay point eight yeah, just real quick about the the vessels too, just so that y'all know. We're oh, every episode that we do, we are drinking out of tequila tasting glasses. Go back to episode three if you don't know what those are. I'll also post a picture of those sometime soon, or or champagne glasses if we're if we don't have our tequila glasses. But anyways, for the smell, I am getting like an aloe smell. I get aloe and something a little bit sweet, which I'll get a little bit more into when we talk about the taste, mm-hmm. because I think it tastes a lot more like this. Then when it smells like it, and then after I tasted it, it uh, I was able to put a name to it. But it's kind of sweet and fruity, and you don't really know what that is yet. I will say that, uh, and a little Bernie, little Bernie, little smoky. The it was the little Bernie, but it was uh, a burn that was of tequila, of agave, and not of gasoline, which is what I can't stand sometimes when we get the, the not so well made tequilas. So um, that's why I was impressed when it hit my nose and I did get a little bit of, ooh, you know, maybe not so much so fast, but it tasted, it, it smelled really great. Cool. Well, yeah, I have to say I do really like it. However, that aloe smell isn't too strong in the ways that I want it to be. Long story short, I'm giving it a 0.6. Whoa. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's talk about initial flavor. When it first hits the palate. And this is out of three. Out of three. Yeah. I'm going to say water, butter, and then tequila flavors following. So that initial flavor, I, I'm, I'm not digging it. 
the very initial thing I get is very weak. Out of three, I'm probably giving it a one five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's so funny because I think I'm definitely going to be very different on this one. As long as you explain it, then people know exactly where we're coming. Sure. So initial flavor, I'm going to go with that smell that I was talking about. I get strawberry. I get a lot of strawberry, and uh, I also get a lot of minerality. Not a ton until the swallow. I get a little bit of minerality. So it just kind of leads me into that swallow. My dad's sipping it, shaking his head, going, no, I don't taste that at all. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I get. No, I also no. get a little bit of... Uh, and I'm, I'm getting into this bottle, too. I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm letting it... Go down and, and <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting like I said, it's putting its, its feet thin up. Let me water, and then and then butter, and then I do a, get the butter. I do get that sort of. Uh, it's more of the butter texture though later, but I think I that's more in the taste. You know that that will rate later. Okay, um, but this is uh, you know to me, it does not start where I need it to. Okay, well, it starts where it needs to for me. I really like it. I think it's a bold flavor that doesn't necessarily meet expectations on the swallow, but I really like the initial flavor. So I'm going to give it a 2.8. Wow. Yeah, I really like it. I, I think it's bold, and I think it uh, doesn't quite get where I want it to, but okay. that initial flavor is great to me. All right, all right. Well, here's the meat of the whole thing, the five points, right? Out of five. Out of five. What are we doing here? Let's go. Okay, I'm going to go first. Um, Yeah, for me, it just doesn't quite deliver on the swallow. It does leave a little bit of that strawberry flavor to me and kind of a banana peel taste to me. Uh, But it's also a little bit bitter, and it's doesn't have the the good parts of the minerality that I would have wanted. It tastes more like dirt than it does like that mineral water sort of flavor or lime, like limestone and, and that kind of, that sort of flavor. It gets more dirty. So I, I'm going to give it out of five. I don't want to be too harsh, but I, I think I got to give it like a four one or maybe even lower. I'll stick with a four one. I'm not going to disagree with you on the number, but I'm going to say what happens is it doesn't finish great and it doesn't begin great. But right in the middle, for me, there's a lot of subtle structure. It never gets too rough, so it's a nice, easy drink. It finishes on the candy side i can get the candy yeah kind of like hard candy flavor that you're talking about right but in the middle i do get i get a, a lot of uh vegetables and uh and i'm having a rough time sort of parsing them out right now i don't know that more tequila is going to help me get better at it at this point <laughs> but <laughs> But I think there are a lot of interesting vegetal flavors to it. I'm gonna give you give it the same four to four one out of five. Yeah, four straight four. Okay, four point zero. Cool. Well, last week uh, I didn't even tally up everything, so this week I'll actually tally it up and say what we got. So what is that? You got f- 
5.567. So this is unedited math on, I mean, you're never really <laughs> supposed to do math live. Just, <laughs> you got you got a 7-1, all right? You, can, you got a 7-1, and I'm confident in that. <laughs> okay well 7-1 with what percentage confidence are we saying <laughs> I, you know what yeah. i'm, I'm oh, good at math now oh right. oh, oh my oh my <laughs> all right well, let's see i got it i gave it a oh wow okay i gave it a six seven eight point four okay not terrible. I'll be clear about one thing. You know, when I do tequila tastings, there's a lot of tequilas on my shelf. And I usually have somebody taste the tequila and tell me what they like about it and not like about it. And I can easily see somebody giving me a set of characteristics that leads them directly to this bottle. So while I am not necessarily a fan, hey, look, wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers <laughs> all right well we're we're nearing the end we should talk about our fun fact our tequila fun fact okay okay so here's our fun fact fun fact for this week so yeah Hey, editing joe here and i'm re-recording our fun fact and that's because there's actually a couple of different origin stories for the word tequila, which is what our fun fact is going to be. And I didn't cover all of them. So there are a couple, and they all have to do with the ancient Aztec language, which is Nahuatl. So the first translation has to do with obsidian, which used to be able to be found at the base of Tequila Volcano, which is right outside the town of Tequila. And they used to use obsidian to create weapons. So the story goes, the Volcano is named after the rock, the city is named after the volcano, and the drink is named after the city. The other origin story translates tequila to the place of work or the place of tribute. And I kind of like this one because it combines that idea of tribute with the cut. Because Aztec weapons were made out of obsidian, specifically Aztec sacrificial weapons. So you end up combining that idea of tribute with to cut, as in cutting people open and or their heads off. Well, I do like the idea that the very word tequila uh, has its roots in sacrificial rites. <laughs> but okay, I'm going to give you a, a 9.98 for a fun fact for this week. <laughs> very cool. Thank you. <laughs> well, right. I'm Joe Simmons. And I'm Abraham Simmons. And, and this... this is Tequila, Tequila Confidential. Confidential.